Imagine you were the general of an army and you had forces who were trapped behind the enemy lines and you want to organize a rescue mission to save them. On the one hand, it could be very successful. You could bring back your trapped soldiers. On the other hand, sending a force to rescue them has its risks as well. You're risking the soldiers you're sending in order to try and bring back the captives. And if that's the case, if you didn't just want to take a risk, how would it be possible for you to send a force of soldiers, so to speak, to rescue the ones who are really captive, but to guarantee their safety that they themselves won't become captives as well. And we're going to see there are three possible ways to do that. The one is to make the mission such that it's something which inevitably has to succeed if such a thing would be possible. The second is if you were able to do it to try and provide everything necessary for the soldiers to succeed. And the third that there will be an option that if all else fails then there's a way to step in and rescue them in the nick of time. Why is this a discussion for Pesach? Not because it's necessarily the right time to discuss military strategy, but because we understand this as one of the themes we need to understand and look into in Pesach. And that is, we want to understand why was it necessary for the Jewish people to go down to Mitzrayim? Why was it necessary for the children of the Ovis, the Shvatim and their descendants, to count as such a harsh exile, endure such slavery? The result teaches us that there had been three previous generations who had sinned in different ways. Really, this was all a continuation of the sin of Adam. Adam had sinned. As such, Adam fell far short of the mission Hashem intended for him. And we're going to see there were three aspects to Adam's Avera. And this in turn, in turn doomed three subsequent generations to continue the mistake that Adam had begun, which led to their destruction. And therefore, before the Jewish people could merit receiving the Torah, 
and attempting to return to the greatness of Adam before of Adam Arishan before the sin, it was necessary to Mechaper to atone for the sins of those three former generations. In the terminology of the Rizal, those generations, so to speak, had been trapped. The Kedusha of the Neshamas had been trapped in the, within the hold of the Ra, and they need to be released, redeemed, atoned for, before Kaishal could receive the Torah. And therefore, in order to metaken, the three facets of Adam Arishan's sin, in order to get a kapara for the three generations who perished as sinners, Kaishal to go into Mitzrayim, and as we'll see, for three different reasons. Who are these three generations? The first was the daughter of Enosh. Enosh, the grandson of Adam Arishan, the generation which first accepted Avodah Zarah, and looked to other spiritual, angelic beings, and was swayed into believing that they had power of their own. And as a result, turned to them instead of turning only to Asha. That was the first sinful generation. Those who were Nikshal in Avadazar. The second was a generation of the flood. A generation which was carried away by rampant immorality, widespread theft, which led to its undoing. And they were swept away and disintegrated the waters of the flood. And the third was the door of the dispersion. The generation which gathered together with the singular aim of creating the Tower of Babel, they believed that human undertaking could rival Hashem. They felt if all mankind joined in a project, then they could determine the course of history. And that generation too failed and was scattered throughout the world. So we have three different generations, all of whom didn't live up to their potential. All of whom were destroyed as sinners. If we look at the three of Eris, we'll see an amazing thing. We know there are three levels within the person. The first is what we call his nefesh, the part of him which interacts with his body, is swayed by bodily, by bodily desire, feels the wants of the body's Yitzhahara, 
and it is enticed by physical things. The second is the level of a person's ruach. Ruach is a unique human personality. The part of a person which relates to other people, which can deal on a more emotional, intellectual level, not just the realm of the beast within man. And the third is the level of a person's neshama, which is his connection with spiritual concepts. The point which connects him to spirituality. And we will see that these generations each fell in a different one of these three areas. The Dora Mabul were a corruption of the Nefesh. The physical part of the person which overpowered them and led them to a life of sin and hedonism. And the punishment for that was physical destruction. They were annihilated, disintegrated in the waters of the flood. The door of the Palaga of the dispersion, we don't find that their Avera was physical. On the contrary, their Avera was the ability to unite mankind in a common project. But they felt that the unity provided them the opportunity to, so to speak, confront Hashem. An Avera of the Ruch, of the spirit of human endeavor, with the ability of human activity. And the punishment? That was taken away from them. Their languages were changed. They no longer understood one another. They were scattered over the face of the earth. So they could no longer cooperate in the same fashion. And lastly, the door of Enosh was the misuse of spirituality to either provide an alternative to Hashem, which is the root of Avedazar. In reality, all these three sourced themselves in different aspects of the sin of Adam Arishan. Within the sin of Adam Arishan, there was an element of physicality, which got the better of him. The fact that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and tasty to the tongue, that was the shirish of giving into the wrath, which comes from the body. There was an element of the mistake of the Ruach that Adam trusted his own judgments and for whatever reason felt that his decision to do and eat from the tree was justified even if Hashem had told him to the contrary. And lastly, on the spiritual level, Adam saw within the tree the ability to connect to a spiritual wrath, a spiritual evil. Whatever his rationale was in doing that. 
and therefore from the sin of Adam emerges the sins of the three generations following Adam. And for Klai Israel to restore the greatness that they were meant to get at Har Sinai, the greatness which Adam had, it's necessary for them to metaken these three mistakes. Therefore, says the Arizal, Klai Israel go down to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, as the world power of the time, Tracked there are the elements of Ruchnius which need to be fixed in order to enable Kleistral to receive the Torah. And here we come back to our starting point. On the one hand, Kleistral is being sent to Mitzrayim to fix the failings of a, pre- of a previous generation. On the other hand, that puts Klai Yisrael themselves at a risk. At risk of repeating the same mistakes. At risk of becoming another victim, so to speak, of the same Yetzirah. And if that's the case, how could Hashem send Klai Yisrael to Mitzrayim to redeem the captives? to find those points of Kedusha and perfect them without at the same time risking that they themselves would be destroyed, overcome by the spirit of Tumah, of impurity, which left in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim excelled in all three manners of Ra. Mitzrayim was the most corrupt of nations physically, more than any other nation. Mitzrayim was known to be a place of arais, of immorality. The Navi even describes him as regard to donkeys in that regard. Mitzrayim, as we know, was the world center of Kishuf. Kishuf. Sorcery. the misuse of spiritual kaifas. But, also, the person's attempt to do whatever he wants to do. And to enlist even spiritual means in achieving that. And as we know, Mitzrayim was a place of Avajazar. So much so, that the atmosphere of Avodah which permeated the cities of Mitzrayim was such that Moshe had to leave the city in order to experience Nebuah. So Mitzrayim became the epicenter of all Ra. And Kaishal had to go down to Mitzrayim to withstand all these three forms of Ra. Metaken, the mistakes made in the past. How do they do that? So we'll see. As we saw in the time of the Torah of the, of the Mabu, the punishment 
for giving in to the physical Yetzirah is destruction. The Mabel wiped everyone out. Klai shall have to mechaper for those Averis because the people who died at the time of the Mabel didn't teach other. And therefore the punishment wasn't enough of a kapar. And therefore, midah keneged midah. The kapara for the avera of Arais was the gzera in Mitzrayim against the children. That all the firstborn, all the boys will be thrown into the river. The Pari slaughtered 150 children twice a day in order to bathe in their blood. That when it wasn't enough straw to produce bricks, then children were bricked into the wall instead. This level of suffering, what the Haggadah refers to as Amoleinu Elu Abonim, refers to the children, the disruption of family life. So precious Terecheret was the Kapara for the Averis of the Torah Mabu. And there was nothing that Klaishol could do about it. When it's Nigza that a person has to suffer as a Kapara, when the suffering is decreed in a person, it's nothing up to him to do. But by accepting that suffering, that provides the Kapara. So that was the first element of the persecution of Mitzrayim what it came to do. And as we said at the beginning, if Klaishol came to get Kapara for that door, and the way to get the Kapara was by suffering, Yisurim, for the door of the Mabu, then there wasn't a question of losing Klaishol in the process. There wasn't a question they could do right or do wrong. The suffering was the Kapara. On the contrary, it's the one area where Klaishol excelled themselves. Chazal tell us that Hashem attached his name to the names of the Jewish people to testify that throughout the period the Klaishol in Mitzrayim, they zealously guarded their morality. This is an area where Klaishol rose above the moral standards of Egypt. And therefore, the Yisurim they had with their children were only a kapara for a previous time. There was no failing of their own in Shalitim Achapifah. That's the first. The second. The second element in the goddess of Mitzrayim was the slave labor. Says the result. This was the kapara for the dar who wanted to build the Migdal Babel. Instead of that, they were forced to build for Para. And why is this the level of kapara? Because, as we said previously in the different year, the slave labor didn't begin with force. 
It began with the choice of the Jewish people who wanted, who volunteered to join the national effort. To show their good, being good citizens of Egypt. Wanting to work for Egypt. And no one was forced. Shevet Levi, who did not want to volunteer, was not forced to do so. And therefore, the same mistake that the generation of the Tower of Babel made by choosing to work to build the Tower was replicated by the Jews in Mitzrayim. They chose to build for Pari. And the Kapara here was the Chiva. The Kapara here was understanding how that previous decision was wrong and the regrets of what it led to. We said previously, but it's something to think about. When the Jewish people saw that it began as something they volunteered to do, it became increasingly more impressive until there were regular slave laborers who were whipped by taskmasters and forced to work, not for a day, not for a month, not for a year, but day after day for nearly 120 years. And at the same time, on a daily basis, when they were driven to the fields and forced to perform backbreaking labor, they could see their neighbors, Shavit Levi, who, who throughout the exile remained in the best Medrash. They were never forced to participate. They were never compelled to close this fire. Think. Think for a second how much harata the rest of the Jewish people must have had. How much they regretted the mistake of leaving the base Medrash to sign up and volunteer for Paris workforce. And that harata wasn't just a kapara for that door. It was a kapara for the door of the door of Halaga as well. For that previous generation who also originally signed up to join the international effort to build the Migdal, which was meant to oppose Hashem. And if physical Avera, the Kapara is physical punishment, then for Averas which are centered in the Ruach, in what, the part of a person, his personality, his decision-making process, his Bechira, Averas like that, the kapara has to come from Triva. From the understanding that we were wrong. The understanding we were wrong. And therefore, the way Hashem can ensure that Klai Yisrael will achieve the kapara in Mitzrayim, even though they originally repeated the mistake of the Darapalaga, was to make the circumstances such that Klayashra would come to Trevor. And they definitely did. Not just for a day, for 120 years of suffering, 
of persecution, of oppressive labor, because of a wrong decision, definitely brought them to a point of trouble. That they realized the mistake they made by working for Pari. And by extension, that was also the kapara of the mistake that the door of the, defla- of the time of the dispersion made by wanting to build the city and the tower to oppose Hashem. So that's the second way. Hashem is saying, Israel to Mitzrayim, but He makes the circumstances such that they're going to do trouble. And now we come to the third point. The third point of Mitzrayim, where the Zohar calls it the goddess of the Das, is the Avedazara of Mitzrayim. And here, here Klai Yisrael Benichshah. When we say in the Haggadah, Mitchila Oivle Avedazara Haya Avisaynu, our ancestors were idol worshippers. The Mephoshim said, we're referring to our ancestors in Mitzrayim. Those Jews who were suffering the slavery of Egypt, but they were Oivle Avedazara. More than that, even during the miracle of Yamsuf, the guardian angel of Mitzrayim comes to Hashem and intercedes on the behalf of the Egyptians and he tells Hashem, why did the Jews deserve to be saved at the expense of the Egyptians? These are idolaters and those are idolaters. And yes, the mistake of the door of Enosh was Avodah And Klai Yisrael came to Mitzrayim. Ostensibly to Metaken that. But they themselves were Nikshon. And if that's the case, how can Hashem guarantee that we would survive Mitzrayim? That we wouldn't repeat the mistake and disappear there? Like what happened to Dar Enlish? Here's the third aspect. That if need be, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will intervene. Intervene miraculously to save Klai Yisrael before they get to that point of destruction. Chazal say, Klai Yisrael were holding by the 49th level of Tumah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu steps in to save them before they can sink to the point where they're not, no longer able to be redeemed. What Tum are we talking about? The Tum of Avedazar. And that was the uniqueness of the nace of how Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Was with that clarity of Emunah, says Hashem, I will go to the land of Mitzrayim. I am not an angel. And I will kill the first one, I am not a seraph. And against all the gods of Mitzrayim, I will execute justice. I am no other. That when it wasn't within the ability of people to withstand the temptation of Avodah then Hashem is miraculously going to reveal Himself and show that there's no substance to Avodah and redeem the Jewish people before they can become so deeply enmeshed in the Vodazara of Mitzrayim that they no longer can be separated from it. 
And that then became the kapara. That then became the tikkun for the mistake of the Dar of Enosh. Who thought that there are other powers besides Hashem. The miracles Hashem did at the time of Mitzrayim. Hamad Hon. Ani Hashem. Ani Hu There's nobody else. So let's go back to where we began. Klai Yisrael sent to Mitzrayim on a mission. And the mission is to metaken the sins of previous generations. That way to enable Klai Yisrael to return to the place where, Abraham, where Adam Arishan once was and receive the Torah. And yes, they're being taken down to Mitzrayim, the epicenter of Tumah, Avodah Kishof, Arise. And yet, Klai Yisrael are meant to emerge victorious, successful, even though they're at risk of being misled, of being seduced by the Egyptian culture. How does Hashem guarantee that's going to happen? When it comes to the mistake of the guf, where the kapara for that is punishment, tzara guf, so there's not a question of bechira. The, the suffering of Mitzrayim was placed on them even against their will. But it acted as a kapara. And when it came to mistakes made by the Ruach, by the person's nature and Bukhira, so the Kapara has to be understanding the mistake and doing trivia. And the experience of Mitzrayim provided the factors to bring them to trivia. And lastly, when it came to Abedazara, which is something the Kaisal did fall for, and were Nikshalin. And there was the very real threat of them being destroyed by it. Then there was the guarantee that Hashem gave Yaakov. I will take them down to Israel and I will bring them up. That if necessary, Hashem would stand in miraculously to prevent that happening. We talk about the three symbols of Pesach. Omer Rabban Gamliel. What are they? Pesach, Matzah, Umar. And they signify, they symbolize the three reasons we went down to Mitzrayim and the three ways we were mechaper. We atoned for the sins of the previous generations and therefore we deserve to leave. Moror. The bitterness, the oppression, the suffering, which we had no choice about. But that was the Tzakana, that was the Kapara, for the physical sins of the Dharamabu. Pesach. Pesach was to slaughter the God of the Egyptians. To disconnect from Avodah Zarah. And therefore it was a symbol to deserve Hashem's salvation. The, that symbolized 
The shechting the Pesach was destroying our connection to the Avodah Zarah Mitzrayim. It needed a miracle to make it happen. And that was the second point we had to achieve in order to disconnect from the Ra, from the evil of Avodah Zarah. And lastly, the Matzah. The Matzah, as often is questioned, has a dual significance at the Seder. We begin the Maggid by raising the Matzah and saying, Ho lach This is the bread of poverty, of affliction. And we finish the Seder and we raise the Matzah. And we say that the Matzah symbolizes the speed with which we came out of Mitzrayim. So what's the Matzah a symbol of? It's a symbol of the poor man's bread, the bread of affliction, or it's a symbol of the bread of redemption. And this is the third point which we went to Mitzrayim to fix. And that is the mistake of the Dara the mistake of people's Bechira. And yes, the affliction of Mitzrayim was as a result of our decisions it was self-inflicted. But that itself, the circumstances which our choices brought us to were also the circumstances which brought us to Chava. And therefore, the same matzah, which on the one hand is the symbol of oini, of affliction, is also the symbol of chayrus, is the symbol of freedom. When the point of the affliction was to bring Kla Yisrael to Kharata, to Chiva for the affliction, then it becomes, the matzah becomes a reason for Kharis. A reason to Mechapar on that last area. That the circumstances, so to speak, which we go through, they themselves provide the catalyst for Chiva. And that's why it's specifically the symbol of the matzah, which the whole Magid revolves around. The point of Mitzrayim, which we went down and were enslaved, and we were, we were meant to come to the understanding of our mistake and do tshuva, and then get redeemed, that's that aspect of Mitzrayim. And therefore, when we came to the good of Mitzrayim, we were now ready to work towards Matan Torah. We had in some way achieved the Kapara for the three Averis of the generations preceding. The three facets of the Avera of Adam Arisha. We had suffered as an atonement for the Averis of the body. We had done Shiva and regretted our wrong choices, connected the various made by a person's Bechira, his Ruach, and we have been shown clearly that there's nothing besides Hashem, and that detaches from Avodah Zarah. And we are now ready to march to get the Torah, and return to the level that Adam Arishon was really meant to be at.